Well, Merry Easter. We celebrate this resurrection every time we gather. It's the foundation of our faith and our hope in the Lord Jesus. And um, living in this moment in our nation and the, the world situation, actually, it's very, very connected to everything. Um, we are living in a, such a monumental moment of history. And um, I would just encourage you, because it's part of my mandate uh, to bring comfort. And uh, be comforted. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, honestly. It's fraudulent. It's fake. It has to be done. Uh, it has to be dealt with. It will be dealt with. At this moment, if, uh, from what I understand... There are the first thing that the military has to do once they identify that there's a fraudulent election is they're not allowed to do a thing until January 20th. They weren't allowed to. At that point, they take the DNI's report, Radcliffe's report, which was delivered a month late because of all the obstacles, um, and they have to come up with their own conclusion and um, they have to verify all the data that's in that, that report. And if I understand right, that is done, that is accomplished, and they are uh, just waiting. Their first obligation as the military, they cannot function actually without a civilian leader. So it's very precarious, but our forefathers put everything in place. And at this point, their first, op their first obligation is to secure our nation. And so at this point, you can verify this, I've heard it from several, force, uh, several sources. There are two aircraft carriers stationed off of the East Coast with 100 ships assigned to each aircraft carrier. On the West Coast, there are three aircraft carriers with 100 ships assigned to each aircraft carrier. Off the coast of China is another aircraft carrier that is stationed with 100 ships assigned to it. And off the coast of India, there's another aircraft carrier with 100 ships assigned to it to secure the situation. And so now they have to prepare. It's fluid. That's why the dates have come and gone. You have to understand that I think every speculation, every theory by patriots has been sincere. And it's an ever-moving situation. And so I described this before, two chess players, um, black and white pieces, and one of the players plays dirty and doesn't care who they take down and what they do. It's difficult to play against, only this is real life, to fight against a player that has no value for human life or who they take down with them. That's challenging. And so there's a lot going on. We should be so patient and prayerful, and I do all the time pray for the people, the generals, the, all the different elements of this, the moving parts of this. We do not know. I know on this little minuscule scale as my role as a leader, 
I can't always describe all the, all the reasons for decisions that I make. Sometimes it has caused a lot of tensions. And uh, it, it can, if you don't know all of the reasons for something, you can become impatient, critical, um, or even uh, angry. And so we have to learn, we live in this, we've been groomed for this with all of the news media around us, that we have a right to know everything that we should always see all the moving parts and understand everything. And I believe in transparency, absolutely. But there are times when you can't tell everything, you can't, and we have to trust. And the disciples in these early days of Jesus' death, oh my God, they're, <laughs> you know, we read the story and I was rereading the account and, uh, and at a certain point they all, they all jump ship like, we're not with him anymore. Like, this is not looking good. We are, and, and the worst was they were so distraught about what had happened because they had a hope. And then the hope was ripped away and they had to live in the absence and watch him be crucified, died, and buried. And he told them, but we're not very good at listening. And we're definitely no good at discerning if we don't have revelation and don't have what's going on. So I want to read through the resurrection story out of the Passion Translation. I just, I just, I love this. It's, it's just freshened everything. When I read something, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that's how that should be translated. I, I read the notes. I'm like, oh, okay. I see why, why you went there. And so it's been so neat. And, um, it brings us, like, there is a promise of a revival that the Lord is bringing. This is absolutely necessary because I believe all of this is going to work out. We're going to enter into a new era. The whole world is. We're all connected, actually. Regardless of, of all of the different um, nations and philosophies and all of those things, the people of all those nations just like us. The people are just like, the corruption is in the leadership, but the people are just like, the, just like us. And the whole earth is groaning for a, a liberation. There is a time coming when all this will go away. I don't believe this is the time. I don't believe this is the time. The Lord's invested too much in, uh, we have too many prophetic words, there are too many promises, too many things. And we really need to be a place of, of believing and trusting. And so when you watch the nonsense, just laugh because it is nonsense. This is if somebody drove up to your house with this, uh, with this really nice car and went, hey, look at my car. You're like, I know that car. There's only, there's only one, one like it. And that's not your car. I don't care if you have the keys and you're driving it around or not. It's not your car. It belongs to my friend named Donald. And so I'm not going to go for a ride in that car. I'm not going to acknowledge it's your car. I don't care what you demonstrate. You don't have the title to that car. And I'm praying for the rightful owner to come back into place. I have every hope that he will at the right time and not in 24 now, we need this to happen now. The whole world needs this to happen now. So similar to our having to trust the Lord and Jesus.
We think our president's been gone for a while. Jesus is still in this other place, ruling and reigning, and we're like, wow, how much longer? We start creating other scenarios because he hasn't shown up yet. But the promise remains and abides. Beginning in Luke 24, I selected that um, gospel to read out of this, uh, read out of. Very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb, carrying the spices they had prepared. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, Jesus' mother. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside, so they went in to look. But the tomb was empty, the body of Jesus was gone. They stood there, stunned and perplexed. Suddenly, two men in dazzling white robes, shining like lightning, appeared above them. Terrified, the women fell to the ground on their faces. The men in white said to them, Why would you look for the living one in a tomb? He is not here, for he has risen. Have you forgotten what he said to you when he was still in Galilee? And I want you to just pay attention to this issue of what he said to you and believing what he said to you. So applies to us. The Son of Man is destined to be handed over to sinful men to be nailed to a cross, and on the third day he will rise again. All at once they remembered his words. Duh. Oh, yeah. Is this what that meant that made no sense at the time? Leaving the tomb, they went to break the news to the eleven and all the others of what they had seen and heard. When the disciples heard the testimony of the women, it made no sense, and they were unable to believe what they heard. But Peter jumped up, ran to the, the entire distance to the tomb to see for himself. Stooping down, he looked inside and discovered it was empty. There was only the linen sheet lying there. Staggered by this, he walked away wondering what it meant. Later that Sunday, two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. They were in the midst of a discussion about all the events of the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey. They were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them, for God prevented them from recognizing him. Hmm. Jesus said to them, you seem to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you talking about so so sad and gloomy? They stopped, and the one named Cleopas answered, haven't you heard? And you the only one, are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over the last few days? Jesus asked, what things? The things about Jesus, the man of Nazareth, they replied, He was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful, and he had great favor with God and the people. But three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified. We all hoped that he was the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. Early this morning, some of the women informed us of something amazing. They said they went to the tomb and found it empty. They claimed two angels appeared and told them that Jesus is now alive. Some of us went to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly like the women said, but no one has seen him. 
Jesus said to them, why are you so thick-headed? Why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? Why? Why do you? Wasn't it necessary for Christ, the Messiah, to experience all these sufferings, then afterward to enter into his glory? Then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout the scripture. He started from the beginning and explained the the writing of Moses and all the prophets, showing how they wrote of him and revealed the truth about himself. As they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead, telling them he was going to a distant place. They urged him to remain there and pleaded, stay with us, it will be dark soon. So Jesus went with them into the village. Joining them at the table for supper, he took bread and blessed it and broke it, then gave it to them. All at once, their eyes were opened, and they realized it was Jesus. Then suddenly in a flash, Jesus vanished from before their eyes. Stunned, they looked at each other and said, Why didn't we recognize it was him? Didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion while we, while we walked beside him? He unveiled for us such profound revelation from the scriptures. They left at once and hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. When they found the eleven and the other disciples all together, they overheard them saying, It's really true. The Lord has risen from the dead. He even appeared to Peter. Then the two disciples told the others what had happened to them on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus had unveiled himself as he broke bread with them. While they were still discussing all of this, Jesus suddenly manifested right in front of their eyes. Startled and terrified, the disciples were convinced they were seeing a ghost. Standing there among them, he said, Be at peace. I am the living God. Don't be afraid. Why would you be so frightened? Don't let doubt or fear enter your hearts, for I am. When he called himself that in the garden, all these soldiers were slain in the spirit. They were not having a church service. The power of him declaring, I am, I am he, boom, they all went out. Come and gaze upon my pierced hands and feet. See for yourselves, it is I standing here alive. Touch me and know that my wounds are real. See that I have a body of flesh and bone. He showed them his pierced hands and feet and let them touch his wounds. The disciples were ecstatic yet dumbfounded, unable to fully comprehend it. This is definitely us. And look at the lengths and the extent that Jesus is willing to go to help them with what? Their unbelief. Knowing that they were all wondering if he was real, Jesus said, here, let me show you. Give me something to eat. No way. This is like a magic trick. They handed him a piece of boiled fish and some honeycomb, and they watched him eat it. Then he said to them, Don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? I told you that everything written about me would be fulfilled, including all the prophecies from the law of Moses 
through the Psalms and the writings of the prophets, that they would all find their fulfillment. He supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of scriptures, then said to them, everything that has happened fulfills what was prophesied of me. Christ the Messiah was destined to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so that they will turn to me. Start right here in Jerusalem, for you are my witnesses and have seen for yourselves all that has transpired, and I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. Jesus led his disciples out of Bethany. He lifted his hands over them and blessed them in his love. While he was still speaking out words of love and blessing, he floated off the ground into the sky and he ascended. Ascending into heaven before their eyes, all and all they could do was worship him. Overwhelmed and ecstatic with joy, they made their way back to Jerusalem. Every day they went to the temple praising and worshiping God. And of course, this picks up in Acts and goes on. And the angel saying, what are you looking up into the sky for? As they watch Jesus ascend like a hot air balloon goes up and up and up and eventually disappears. He ascended. Real. We get a look at the resurrected Jesus, a real body, not a ghost. Able to eat like we have some things to get a revelation about. But this underlying call and commission to believe, to trust, Jesus wants to go to all extents to get you to believe. I am just coming into a place in my life I wish I could have been here 30 years, 30 plus years ago, of just trusting, of believing, of not expressing all of my thoughts that often aren't good. You know, you don't have to say that just because you're feeling it. There's an alternative declaration that has more to do with who you are in Christ, who you are redeemed how, what the promises are. And, and it is so challenging to have to believe day after day. I think I related last, uh, uh, last week, referring back with such a, hey, we remember what we have emotion attached to. And this duration of having to wait for a building, being so stuck to not be able to, to have that. We had a very vibrant little church and we could not get off you know all the ideas I came up with they all nothing worked ha 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 yeah someone was referring to Abraham and Sarah how interesting how interesting God gives Abraham this promise of Isaac and then makes him get too old totally impossible Things are over. Reproduction is done. It's beyond 
the possibilities. The promise remains. Abraham comes up with some good ideas. It didn't work out so well. <clears throat> How about this? Him and Sarah. Let's, let's try this. This will work. It didn't work out very good. This thing of learning to believe, and we have to learn to believe. Why are our hearts troubled at almost any given time? We are surrounded with promises and hopes, but hopes get squashed if unbelief gets a root. And the uh, prolonged waiting cause you to get weary. And if you stop listening to the voice of the promise and stop renewing your mind about what is promised, pretty soon those things you're hearing that aren't true, they're not from the Lord, they feel real. It's hopeless. It's never going to happen. Sometimes people, more often than we want to talk about, get bitter at God, angry because a promise is delayed or a situation has come that is disappointing beyond being able to bear it. And, and we have nowhere else to turn but to go, you did this. You failed me, you said, you promised. And we read in our Bibles, we read these stories, we know the outcome, we're like, oh, you silly disciples, why didn't you just hang in there, right? <laughs> Israel, all the enemies that they faced, the children of Israel going through the wilderness, you know what the biggest enemy was? The real one? Unbelief. That really got them in trouble. Hebrews 4 talks about this because of their unbelief. So you, while a promise remains, don't be found in that. Enter into that rest. Enter into those things that the Lord promises. Enter into the hope. And fill your mind and heart with the promises, the promises he has for you. All of these words Jesus told the disciples, they should have, they should have caught everything like, Oh, yep, saw that coming. Jesus said. He said he was going, he was going away. He, he told us all these things. And yet, in real life, the promises we have, the hopes that we have, are so prone to be distraught. Do you understand when you're discouraged? When you're depressed about things, you've lost sight of the promise? Because we do have promises. We have promises that we can latch on to. Latch on to somebody else's promise if you need to. I always say that about prophetic words. If you like a prophetic word someone else is given, getting, then just believe for it. Like, hey, I want that. I want that tall, dark, and you know, handsome husband. I want that person. I want that situation. I want that new house. I want that to happen to me. I want this, this testimony of step like crazy, crazy, crazy. She gets this house in this market where things are just, they, they're, post, they're sold the day they get posted. It's, it's just insane now to watch the housing market. And she puts in this bid that's ridiculous. Even her realtor, like, oh, I'm, I'm not even going to embarrass myself with that. 
She not only gets it for that price, but gets it lower than that price. And then her house. I remember her and I have conversations. Like, oh, but my house is... I'm like, I'm not sure about that. We'll see. Let's wait. Let's see. And Lord, wow. Way over. If you line yourself with trusting the Lord... And, you know, sometimes trust looks like taking a big risk and feeling really feeble in it. We're like, it needs to look powerful, but just obey. If you have to crawl your way there, just obey. Just keep moving. Stop trying to conjure a feeling. Stop saying, oh, if this was real, I'd feel different. Like, check out on that and just make good choices. Set your heart to have God's purposes fulfilled in your life. We, we made this uh, decision as a, as a body. Um, at least it seemed that all of you were joined in with me. To believe the prophetic words about our president that he was going to serve this term. And to believe right through no matter came. So when dates came and went, I was not affected. Does it feel crappy some days? Very. Sometimes I'm angry. I get too much information uh, without the promises. And I'm like, mm, you know, you just want to, yeah, react, respond, and do something. And yet the promise remains. And, and, and it's, it's a, I said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to believe through this time because I've given up on a lot of things. I'm like, I'm going to believe right through. I don't care what it looks like. I'd rather... I'd rather die looking like a fool. Oh, he's one of those idiots that believed this, this prophecy. Like, yeah, but I, but I believed. I, hang on, I hung on to it. I identified it as true, and I said, I'm going to believe this. I'm not going to respond in my flesh. I'm not going to try to make, make something happen. I'm just going to believe, and I'm going to obey. And I'm going to believe, and I'm going to obey. I'm going to, I'm going to choose the promise I have to go out in the middle of a field and scream and cry and throw a fit for a moment and then come back to life, then so be it. But I'm going to get through that. I'm going to make it. I'm going to stay steadfast. And this is Jesus comes back. Even with all of the mess that his disciples were in, he's like, here, let me show you. Touch. Look. I want to help you with your belief. Because everything that you go through that gets verified this is your faith begins to grow everything that gets authenticated every this is why the power of testimony is so big because we tell and we hear each other telling stories and telling testimonies and your faith goes boom 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 it notches up but when you listen a lot to the bad report and then listen to liars on top of it your faith goes I mean, watch the gas gauge. It, it does. It goes down. We're all, we're all vulnerable to that. Listening to, the, listening to the lies, listening to the voice that's not the truth. It, it destroys your faith. It disheartens you. Listen to much negative. Like, be careful. Beware what you listen to. You can't afford to take it all in and try to deal with it. And our, our souls have been traumatized by some of the things that we hear and see. 
don't take that on yourself to fix. Like, if you've been traumatized, even you men, you need Jesus to heal that. You need reinforced. You need, because we are very, we're more susceptible to these things than we would like to think. Our souls get wounded, and Jesus wants to fix that. Alcohol doesn't fix that. Drugs doesn't fix that. Buying something doesn't fix that. More TV doesn't fix that. Oh, Lord. But, but find what strengthens your faith. Find what strengthens you. Look at your prophetic words and sit and just chew on them. And think more about that than you do about what you don't have at the moment or how things are going at the moment. Just calm yourself down. You don't have to pretend. This is about believing what you have a legitimate right to believe. You see a promise in the Bible, you're like, oh, I, wow, I wish. Don't, don't do that. Stop there and go, Lord, unless you're a liar, you said this. You said, like Phyllis said, we're supernatural. We're intended to be supernatural beings. We're, we're not to be limited to the flesh and limited to the natural. We're to be supernatural. That's the resurrection was the biggest like, wow. Wow. And he's like, I want you to really get this. I'm really alive. I'm real you can't say it was a vision, a delusion. You touched me. You saw me. You heard my voice. You saw me in my glorified body. And now I'm going to ascend. Would you ever forget that if you watched Jesus ascend? Someone had to slap you to get you out of like, wow. That <laughs> was no little thing. He was with us and then he just rose. He just ascended. A real thing. It was a real thing. They really witnessed it. When we read, we have the ability through faith to have the same impact. It can have the same impact. This thing, when Jesus breaks communion with them, bam, their eyes are opened. Do you know you can have those moments and you need to? Because we look at things and we're like, oh, I'm struggling with this. I don't get it. I don't understand. I, and, and then this. The remedy is, close the book. I'm not getting anything out of this. I think it was Bill Johnson that said, I read till I find, I find my life, and still I find my story, till I find my you know, answer. I just keep reading. Like, oh, not here, not here, not here, not here. Not, oh, here it is. Here's water. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drill here. I'm going to tap into this. There's life here. Become, become good at this. And so when life is like the promises of what is to come, we need to be ready for, for we need to step up into our place like the church never has before. The church has had the same problems and issues as the world does. Divorce rate, issues, I won't list the list as too, it's depressing. We need to be better. 
We need to have victory. We need to be, we need to be free from those things. If you're not free, then make it your priority to get free. Because the world is looking for someone that's really free. The world is looking for someone that really has faith. The world is looking for someone that's ready to die for what they believe. They're looking for that. They may give you the hardest time in the world, but they're looking for someone that can, that's willing to die and still love. And after all, what's coming is for the sake of the world. They're dying. They're wounded. There are some corrupt leaders that are doing horrible, horrible things. And justice needs to come. There needs to be a stop to that. This isn't just about an American president. This isn't about our little, our little nation. This is about a plan that God has to make a difference and bring, bring his hope and his answers. He started our nation. He called us to himself. He, the, the mass of millions and millions of Christians all over the world, in communist China, and all of these places, the, the, the uh, uh, Islam, uh, the people of Islam, Iraqis, the uh, Iranians, they're huge revivals. These people live in this dire, like, like live or die situation. You become a you become a Christian, and and you don't know you you kiss your wife goodbye in, in the morning. Your husband and wife, and and not know if you'll see each other, again, alive. That's that's the real thing. That's the real thing. And we watch that like wow, we're so. We get so caught up in our, in our stuff. And God loves blessing us. That's not the problem. But the problem is, is that when we're afraid to lose the comforts and afraid to lose the reputation, we're afraid to look different. Oh, Lord, Jesus. I, you know, the real power of this mask thing and all that stuff is we know it's, it's ridiculous. And yet the fear of being rejected out there, the fear of having someone react badly, like it's, it's, it's not right. There's nothing right about it. But that fear keeps us cooperating. At some point, and all over the world, they're rebelling. They're coming against this. I really need to because we're giving up freedoms, giving up rights, giving up freedoms. There was, this, is not, this was not pretend. This is real. A, a man stands outside of a store with a lint, lint roller. Do you know what a lint roller is? He's standing there like he's somebody, but he's not. He just has somebody taking a video of him to show how compliant we are. And everybody that walks up to the, he goes like this. Here, they stick out their arms, and he runs the lint blower over their arms and down their side. He goes, okay, you can go. <laughs> What's become of us? I mean, next is going to be, here, roll over, you know? Like, we were so concerned about not loving. We were so concerned about not being acceptable as Christians that we toned down and became so, all of us did. I did too. I, well, all of it, we did. We're so concerned about not offending anybody that we compromised being free 
to be who we were and believe what we believe. And now look at the mess. Now look what this is. That's, that's love people? Absolutely, always. Be kind? Yes, be kind. But if you offend someone because of who you are and what you are, that's not, that's not on you. It's okay. Jesus really bothered some people. What's perfect look like? Perfect looks like persecution sometimes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. It's like, yeah, actually you should have. It was good. You're just paying a price for it, but put your shoulders back. It's like, hmm? if that's what it cost me, that's what it cost me. But at least I have a clear conscience that I, that I spoke the truth, that I walked in integrity, and that I did not deny Jesus, and I did not deny who he is, what he is. So this big enemy of unbelief, let's get serious about it. Let's get serious about unbelief. And I don't care what realm, what er, where it hits you, but it hits all of us. And identify what it is that you're to be believing and trusting and, and give yourself to that. Don't just be to and fro. Don't just succumb to the to the ebb and flow of popular opinion or how it always goes. If you have instruction from the Lord to stand in something, stand. Stand, therefore. And if you look stupid, go, oh, that is not the worst thing that could happen to me or today. Or someone posts something nasty about you on Facebook, go, oh, whatever. You see, we, we, we got so conditioned and, and now, wow, better stand. When the lordship of Jesus means he controls you, nobody else does. If you just comply, there's an issue with lordship for you. Just recognize it. If you just comply... If you just give in. I know a lot of believers, even, even other leaders, that are they're compromising their integrity for the sake of money, for the sake of getting by, for the sake of whatever. Like, oh my, we can't, we can't live like this. We've got to be willing to pay the price to walk in the light, even if it costs us money, even if it costs us friends, even if it costs us like freedom, freedom, freedom. That's freedom needs to be in our relationships. Freedom needs to be in, in, in our walk and in in what we do. And, and so deal with this unbelief. And it is going to be hard and challenged. But find what causes you to believe. Find what, identify the things you are to believe and then nurture your soul. And don't be haphazard about it because we cannot afford to be unbelieving. We, ha we, have to, we have to be, everything depends on this, believing what the Lord says. He called us, he chose us. He draws you to him, to follow him, to make him Lord. 
It was on an Easter Sunday morning that I finally, as a young boy, said, I, I know my heart's pounding. I've got to. I mean, if you ask me if I believed in Jesus, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I knew there was something that I had to do. And I, 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 when I walked forward, I, I responded to an, an altar call in a Grange Hall in Robertsville, Ohio. But it was real. And I knew going there and praying that prayer, I, I was lost before, now I was found. There was a difference. Whatever age I was then, I felt clean. What horrible things could a little boy do? But I felt the difference. I was, I was new. It was a real experience. Our experience with Jesus is supposed to be, it's in, it needs to be a real experience. Because if it's not, you don't have a testimony. It can't be religious. It has to be a real encounter. An encounter where he has drawn you and led you and you feel conviction and you know this is the thing I'm supposed to do. Not, not so that I can belong to the group but because I have to do this. I know, I know this is real, and I have to obey, I have to walk. So let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for all of your promises, and I just ask you stir up every word and every promise that you're, your desire for us to believe. And your words are abundant in our midst, but let us stop taking them casually, and trusting in them to the best of our ability. Believing. Believing that you are. That you are who you said you are. And that you will do what you said you will do. And we attach ourselves to what you promised. We're no longer living unto ourselves. Or trying to believe things that we just want to happen. But we're grabbing a hold of things that you said. That you you led that you brought forth. Father, most of all, may, may it be that we've all given our hearts to you, that you've become Lord of our lives, that you've become the one that we say, I want you in my life. I believe in you. I trust in you. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know you all have places that you want to get going to. Easter dinner. Okay. Love all of you. God bless.